2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Hello and welcome to the motormouth Podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. This is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport, chat about their lives and everything in between. It's season eight, and we're really excited to be once again teaming up with F1 Experiences, the official experience, hospitality, and travel program of Formula One. F1 Experiences is the closest you can get to the pinnacle of motorsport. And let's face it, any chance to get close to Formula One this year, we are all over it. And the brilliant news is you can now return trackside thanks to F1 Experiences. Enjoy the very best race tickets and track hospitality, first-class hotels, and unprecedented access you simply cannot get anywhere else. For more information on how you can book your F1 experience, visit f1experiences.com where you can also save 5% on your very own F1 Experiences package by using the code MOTORMOUTH when checking out online. So what are you waiting for? Experience the 2021 F1 season firsthand with exclusive access courtesy of F1 Experiences. Get booking today at f1experiences.com.
0: Hello, Tim Sylvie here. Now, our guest today hails from the lovely Chipping Norton in the Cotswolds. And did you know, Harry Benjamin, that the town is famous for its wool and tweed production? But it's probably more famous these days, thanks to Jeremy Clarkson, as his hit show, Diddley Squat Farm, is located in Chadlington, three miles south. Clarkson isn't the only famous name from the area, which also includes the likes of David Beckham, David Cameron, Lord Bamford, and many more. But now harry benjamin i would like to test your knowledge of the cotswolds there is a well-known event and i'll be surprised if you don't know the answer to this by the way there is a well-known event that happens at a place called cooper's hill which involves chasing what down a hill oh it's not like a hay bale or something is it hay bale where have you got a hay bale from no what, what do you chase down a hill you can't chase a hay bale down a hill it's square yeah, you for a can start. you roll it down and then you've got to run after it yeah, no it's not a hay bale oh
1: all right what is it then why should i know this is it really a, i feel what, like yeah, this is, on, what is it? i
0: feel like this is well-known knowledge it's is it in the cotswolds what uh you must have seen this on telly should i give it to, do you want the answer you, well yeah because if it's not a hay bale then i don't want to know about it actually yeah. <laughs> it's a round of cheese Have you heard about Uh, this? It's mental. So they roll... Yeah, I have. People come from all around the world. They roll a seven-pound double Gloucester uh, down a hill, (laughs) Cooper's Hill, 200 yards. It rolls down there. People come from... Well, past winners have come from Canada, New Zealand, even Nepal. Um, The first person to catch the cheese and cross the finish line is the winner, but the cheese can reach speeds of up to 70 miles an hour. So it's not an easy thing to do. But people get really injured. There's ambulances on standby. It's a major thing. It's well worth Googling. Um, highly entertaining. So if you ever fancy chasing a cheese down a hill, you know where to go. Well, you made me,
1: you made me think a hay bale was
0: a ridiculous answer. <laughs> but after that, that I feel like it, was a word, like it was
1: worth a shot there. Yeah, I have heard that for actually oh, but uh i'm not a cheese fan so oh, really? uh, not not for me that one i'm afraid yeah no i, love I like that. melt. i could have melted cheese yeah. just not cheese on uh, just not a cheese like a yeah not a cheese on cracker kind of guy
0: no yeah. i'm not a cheese on cracker guy but i do like a bit of cheese and wine um now um not so sophisticated i know darling before we introduce um today's guest you had a bit of a fun experience on friday tell us quickly about that Oh yes, um, so just a quick thank you as well because we said we would shout them out on, on our next uh, episode
1: to motorsport biomechanics and biomechanics is a, a fun word which I didn't know what meant before um, but we I got invited down to Goodwood to basically get in a car, one of their track cars, a BMW M Sport car and uh, with a pro driver and they hooked me up uh, with lots of uh, bits of wires and they were basically measuring my muscle activity and they, they do this in motorsport. They work with MotoGP a lot. They've done Formula One as well So um, and they're trying to, you know, expand and work with more and more uh, racing series too and uh, basically it's just to assess what parts of your muscles are, are working at what time or where how hard are you doing it so I did a couple of laps and they look at the data and um, it was me I went in and then Ben Edwards went in after me and Ben oh, Edwards yeah. is like a proper racer yeah. so <laughs> I look like an idiot we're going in before but he um, uh, my one was I use my left hand more than my right interestingly I only use 10% of my muscle capacity in my right arm. That's interesting. Which I found curious because I'm right-handed. But then they said, obviously, because it's a manual car, I'm changing gear with my left hand. Yep. Hence, that is doing more of the work. But they said the next time you get in, they want me to work more with my right hand. But I think that also depends on if, it, if the circuit's like clockwise or anti-clock, Yeah. surely. Yeah, yeah. But it was quite interesting either way to sort of like get behind the wheel of the car for a start. Could barely fit in it. Uh, and then also just see how they measure it all it's yeah, quite yeah. quite interesting so there's, there's a full video on our youtube page if, if people want to check it out as well and uh, motorsport biomechanics um and all that stuff is, is really cool as well so uh thanks to them for inviting me down
0: yeah it's really good and we uh we we you do reveal your lap time which is quite interesting so I, i'd be keen to know what a normal lap time is in a similar sort of powered car um just yeah. so we can see exactly how <laughs> slow you were
2: <laughs>
0: i was like a minute about a minute plus off the pace i think so good lad. <laughs> Every apex. Oh, wow. uh, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Well, uh, should we introduce today's guest? A proper racing driver. Yes, I think we should. So today we're joined by the lovely Alice Powell. She's raced in Formula Renault, Jaguar I-Pace, W Series, of course, and many more. She's a championship winner, multiple podium taker, and she's even tried her hand in the commentary booth. We're here to find out what makes her tick, her thoughts, opinions, and even her fears. Alice Powell, welcome to the motor. Podcast. <laughs>
3: Right, nice, thank you very much. And I have never chased the cheese down the hill. No, I don't it's, think you uh, should. No, don't yeah, we should. no, I've seen it on the local news. And, <laughs> yeah, I've done a local run, um, which people do on Boxing Day, usually. Okay. And you run through a brook. It's, oh, I can't remember what it's called now. I think it's called the Brook Run, actually, mm. in, in Chadlington. And the water is freezing cold. And you have to cl- crawl underneath this... Um, this bridge that's really not you know you you're, you're crouched down and your knees come out battered and bruised Ugh. and you're absolutely freezing cold and i think yeah the day i was did it a couple of years ago david cameron was was doing it I don't know where he finished i think i beat him so uh, that's the, thing, though, uh, when that's the only through. local thing i've actually really done that's crazy <laughs> is running through a brook in uh on Boxing Day and freezing cold weather.
1: Well, that's the thing, though. When you're an athlete, you've got to be careful, haven't you? You can't yeah. chase a cheese and end up injuring yourself. Imagine explaining that <laughs> to uh, in, the, in the press release.
3: <laughs> Just, you know, die from freezing in a brook instead.
1: All that, yeah, sounds more yeah. Uh, athletey. Where are you at the moment? Where are you joining us from now? Then are you are you in the Cotswolds? Are you still there?
3: Yeah, so so actually, I, me and my my fiance James, we, we don't live in Chipping Norton now. So we live in Borton on the Water, which is probably more Cotswold. You could say so. Uh, yeah, I'm here in Bourne
0: on the Water at the moment, at home. Lovely place. Floods a lot.
3: Yeah. Well, luckily, I'm quite a little bit out, so it hasn't. I haven't got caught by any flooding just yet. <laughs>
0: Well uh well look we go there a lot actually because it's got have you been there harry it's beautiful no never it's a, it's an amazing amazing little place with uh, it's proper picture postcard material um so we go there with the kids a lot um so I'll come and annoy you next time I'm there alison and... let me know when you're here yep. i've never been to birdland actually we can take a trip there to which one
3: birdland it's right i jog past it every time i go out running didn't know that and i've never been the
1: names of these plates born on the water birdland
0: Birdland full of birds. I presume it's full of birds. Yeah, but no. yeah but birdland's not the, not like a village. It's, it's a place, it's an actual bird place. It's not like, a, Harry, were you thinking it's like a village, like a birdland? Yeah. No, no. But, it's, it's, oh, no. it's an action okay. like <laughs> inborn on the
3: water.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, we've already gone really random. Right. We really right. have. Back to it, Harry. Yes, Connor, us uh
1: let's get back to the the motorsport stuff that we all tend to do um use most of the time uh, Alice. Let's um let's go back to the very start just first of all and briefly and, and how you first came into contact with the motorsport world. What was it that went in your head, yes, I want to be a racing driver?
3: Well, it was it was from when my parents turned the TV on when I was about 3 or 4 years old. I'm sure they turned it on prior to this, but um, they'd stick me in front of the TV and motorsport was on and I would shut up. Apparently I was a baby that used to cry a lot. So sticking me in front of motorsport, um, would stop me from, from crying. So, um, my passion really stemmed from, from there, to be honest, I was a huge Michael Schumacher fan growing up, you know, my earliest memories are is sitting in front of the TV, watching, watching him race. I remember I had like a little early learning center, red, uh, suits and I'd just be you know riding around the garden pretending I was Michael Schumacher and eventually went to to a go-kart track when I was eight years old and it sort of went from there to be honest with you
0: and then fast forward a few years after all of this you find yourself um, in Formula Renault at just sixteen which at the time and maybe still is you became the youngest female driver um, in any formula Renault race and the following year you were the first to win. A Formula Renault championship. So at this point, you must be thinking, I'm onto something here. I'm quite good at this. Perhaps there's a career in it for me.
3: Yeah, but I think you probably, at that sort of age, you realize the budget side of things. Yeah. And, you know, any driver sort of at 16, 17 is fully aware of what's going on and, and the budget sort of side of things. Formula One was sort of 100%, you know, the target to try and reach there, um, you know, winning winning the championship, as you mentioned, in, in, 27, in 2010, sorry was when I was 17 was a, a big achievement and yeah that that spurred me on even more to to continue the success but unfortunately budget side of things really really hit that a, a couple of years later even after in 2014 when I won the Formula Eno Asia championship the year after you know I, I I didn't have a drive so uh yeah it was it was a great achievement, but you know it's unfortunately this sport is a lot about budget and um you know, you could have the success. I'm not the only sort of driver. You've got like Jamie Caroline, for example, who won the British F4 Championship. And, you know, he's scraping the pot for, for drives as well. And it, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult for these young drivers.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating, isn't it? Because you, when you see people like Jamie Caroline, who's, he, he, you know, he's serious, racing driver and and won a lot of races and and if he's struggling it sort of feels like and uh, I mean it is that the, the sport is fundamentally set up in the wrong fashion. I mean, there must be something we can do to change it. I guess the likes of W Series, which we'll come on to more later, with their funding system and, and their rewards for winning a championship, right down to if you come, I don't know what, how far the money goes, but you get rewarded financially to take that next step. And I think it's something like half a million quid, isn't it, if you win the championship, um, which is a big, big chunk to take forward into, into the next part of your career. And what, what can we do to try and make motorsport more accessible,
3: that's a really good question. Obviously the W series has come along to try and make it more accessible for, for women and to make, to help uh, give more females opportunities and encourage more females into the sport. But in terms as a whole, it's, that's a really tough question because starting at the grassroots, you know, it's, it's expensive. You know, you've got people spending hundreds of thousands of pounds in, on a go-kart. So it's absolutely crazy. So it sort of starts from, from the grassroots. And, and if, you know, you could have an investment into, into series that would hugely help so and help reduce the costs. Um, but obviously getting trying to get more more businesses involved with advertising, etc. But you know, Tim, that's that's so difficult to do because it's it's so expensive. So there's actually no real answer that I can give to that because you know who who can come along and say, right, I'm paying for all the young talent out there because uh,
0: you'll need
1: a, a pretty big wallet. Mm. It's uh, it's the almost the unanswerable question at yeah. the moment, even though you have the likes of, you know, people like Toto Wolf saying, you know, we need to change things, it needs to get cheaper, but you can talk about it all you like. And someone needs to do something exactly. at some point, don't they? You know, um, actions speak louder than words. But you, despite the um, financial struggles, which you were f- feeling at the time going up through the ranks, you did manage to get a place Uh, In GP3, which is when I sort of first became aware of you. And that wasn't an easy start, was it? Because you were the first woman in GP3 to race. And you didn't have much time to prep going into the season, did you? Talk to us a bit about how that deal came together. Because, and and you really did well, though, in the end. I think the highest of eighth place at one point, considering not having had the amount of testing that perhaps some of the other races were getting as well, coming into a team so quickly. Impressive results, nonetheless.
3: Yeah. So, so I finished the former Rhino UK season and that would have finished in October time. And then I actually didn't sit, um, back in a car until the first, my first test in the GP3 car, which I think was about April time. So that was the only test that I did was a a test day at Silverstone in, in, in the GP3. It was literally a last minute deal, um, you know, from, from status who, who needed to basically fill, fill the last seat and, uh, Obviously it was a, a a really good deal. Um, you know, a very say cheap deal um to to fill the seat. So we managed to get some sponsorship to to do that and and fill the seat. But yeah, it was, you know, it was I just remember jumping in the car at Silverside thinking, wow, this is just so much faster than the former Renault. so much more grit with the Pirelli tyres, the degradation is totally different. I was thinking this is gonna be a friggin' tough year and you know, we went to to the first race in in Barcelona, thinking, yeah, if we get in the top twenty, I'll be pretty happy. First race, we got um, unfortunately got taken out, and then we we came from twenty something to to eleventh in the the second race. So, you know, it, we had some really mixed results that year. I think we had a lot of DNFs, probably five DNFs, um, uh, a couple of issues in qualifying with, with the car breaking down a couple of times, which which didn't help, um, you know, with, with the season, but. It was a tough year but we eventually got got into the top eight um at the end of the year so it would have been nice to have stayed on and do another year but you know again budget was was hugely restricted and you know if you wanted to, to progress and, and even now if you look at FIF3 and that's it from 20 so that's nearly 10 years ago now budgets for top teams are, can stretch to over a million now and, that was definitely no way near the the amount of money that was required to do GP3 back then. So we can even see now that the costs are, are going up tremendously. It's mad. Did
1: you, it's, yeah. Sorry, was, go on. Did you find yourself getting a lot of attention because obviously you were the first female in GP3? And was that was that annoying, first of all? Or, or was that, you know, and was it quite difficult to sort of manage uh, the, the perception you're suddenly, you know, you've got people, you've got eyes on you? because you are the first woman in GP3, or was that not the case?
3: Um, no, I mean, there was two other girls in GP3 as well. Um, there was uh, Carmen Jordan and Vicky Piria. So oh,
2: yeah.
3: uh, Vicky Piria, she's obviously doing W Series um, this year as well. So there was a couple of other girls. So that sort of, you know, took the line like it's sort of off me just saying just being the only one, um, you know, but we still did quite a lot of PR and made, you know, PR around it. And, and the series did a great job in, in, in helping
0: promote it. I think uh having Carmen Jordan there will will help take the limelight away let's be honest um <laughs> she got a rough time now I I actually felt sorry for her it, it, a couple of years ago when she was all over social media, she got annihilated. I actually ended up feeling a bit sorry for her because you, you sort of think at the end of the day... and
3: uh, I know social media can uh, be a horrible place sometimes. So,
0: yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, she's just trying to make a success of herself one way or another. You can't, like all of us. Yeah, you can't knock it. You know, it's just classic Twitter mobocracy just trying to take her, take someone down I think, for being successful.
3: I think Twitter can be the worst. Yeah. I honestly do think Twitter... I've all... You know, if you're going to go... Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, I definitely think, yeah, Twitter can be, you know, some of the stuff I've read on Twitter. Like sometimes I do some blogs for, for the race. Yeah. And yeah, some of the, uh, obviously the opinions are differ from, from some of the fans sometimes. Oh, yeah. like, wow, that was quite aggressive.
1: <laughs> I, I, I I never really felt that before until I started doing a little bit of the commentary this year on, on Formula 2 and Formula 3 and, and even the Porsche stuff as well for, for F1. And, I don't think I would I would not want to use Twitter if I didn't have to use it for for work and that kind of thing because you Absolutely. know it's such a it's a great tool because you can you know, from a from a journalist kind of thing, you know, you, you can obviously promote your work, but then you you know, you research on it, you can see what drivers are saying, what they're up to, and that and that's all helpful information. But the amount of absolute crap you get tweeted yeah. at you but, um, from accounts that you know don't have a name or you know, it's like Martin with a, you know a union flag as his profile picture and it's just like, Come on, Matt, like you, honestly, come, come on Martin. Laugh, Leave me alone. Come me on, like, Martin. Look down, that was that was on a minute <laughs> scale. <laughs>
3: profile
1: picture honestly but it, it's just it's a it's a huge issue isn't it? and i can't it's, and it's obviously on another, another level so you guys are actually driving as well so yeah not not fun no yet.
0: it's a it's a toxic place <laughs> but you um you, you mentioned earlier you took a gap from racing um because of that lack of funding what was that period like it must have been challenging when you're making so much progress and then you've got to step back but be- because you don't have the necessary funds to keep going, what what was the mindset like then? What did you think was going to happen?
3: Um, to be honest with you, I was thinking, yeah, well, hopefully something will come up. I keep trying. I kept trying to to get sponsorship and, and sending out sponsorship packs, and you know, you can a lot of the times you can sort of do that until you're you're blue in the face, and it, it's so frustrating when you don't get anything back. You know, I've really um, came to, to learn that it's sort of who you know, but I help some of my current drivers that, that I'm helping at the moment try and get sponsorship. And, and we are sometimes literally just just sending out to local companies. And, you know, it, it can be really tough. And though at that time period of, of being out racing, I was still going to racetracks doing, doing the coaching, which kept me super busy. But yeah, it was, it was quite frustrating, you know, um, not being able to drive. And if it wasn't for the W Series, who knows, would I, you know, be be racing now and have the opportunities that I've done, racing in America, formulary e opportunities. Probably not, you know, it's it's never say never, but probably not.
1: A quick interruption to the show to remind you to check out our sponsor F1 Experiences. F1 Experiences offer a wide range of packages that come direct from Formula 1 giving you a unique experience of the pinnacle of motorsport Official ticket packages come with the very best race tickets, first class hotels and transfers and unprecedented access including track tours, pit lane walks, VIP hospitality and loads more. It really is the closest you can get to Formula 1 and thanks to F1 experiences you can return to the track this year and motormouth listeners can save five percent on your next f1 experiences package by using the code motormouth when booking online at f1 experiences.com
0: so how did the w series opportunity arise because that that was 2019 you you've been out the picture for for a little while was it a case of them tapping you on the shoulder and saying hey come and have a look at this or, or did you did you go to them and and then you showed what you can do
3: so so i heard sort of you know most sports are a close family and as you know rumors float about and i heard uh, a rumor of the end of 2018 saying oh there's an all-female championship that's fully funded that's you know is looking to And I thought, how the hell can a series fund 18 drivers with prize money? Like, you've got to be kidding me. I thought, nah, that's not going to happen. And, uh, yeah, I got a call from from Dave Ryan um, saying, right, we're starting up this series and, you know, gave me lots of information. Would you be interested? And I, of course, said, well, yeah. Um, and then when we went to – had to fill out all the forms, went to the uh, first sort of um, – testing phase then you realize okay yeah this is pretty much the real deal you know that the workforce behind w series even in, in, in the first year was was tremendous and you know the it was pretty stressful The with all the tests that we had to go through we 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 went uh into austria and in the freezing colds um temperatures doing ice driving and all this kind of stuff and yeah, it was it was a tough process, um, but but one that you know W Series were taking really seriously to try and find and get the best eighteen on, on the grids. And yeah, luckily I came out as as one of them and was able to, to to race it in 2019 and race obviously again this year.
1: Did you see the big picture of it straight away? Because we have chatted to a few other of your cohort and, and others who are not in the W Series who who looked at it and thought. An all-female championship? No, that can't work. That's that's like the opposite of what we want to achieve. And then change their mind once it got going.
3: Yeah, initially I was like, well, hang on. I, I sort of want to just race against anyone. Um, yeah. You know, but then then as I read more into it, I was like, well, it's about giving the opportunities and the opportunity for like myself to get back out racing again. And, um, you know, I totally then fully understood the concept and it wasn't about, okay... You can race in this championship, but you must never, ever go back to racing against males. You know, you're not allowed to do that. It was nothing about that. It was just trying to encourage more girls to, to get involved and to get more females in motorsport. And, yeah, you know, that's certainly what W Series are achieving right now.
0: Yeah, it's a, uh, it, you're a good case study for it, I suppose, because it's, it's for you, it's done exactly what, what the championship set out to do. Get more bums on seats, get people with talent back in a racing car and push them through to the the next stage of their career. Uh, Harry made a, a good point when we spoke to Catherine um, many episodes ago, um, when we were talking about the reason that the W series was created. And um, and Harry's point to her, which was an interesting one that I hadn't thought of at the time, was it is success for the W series when it's no longer needed, which I thought was quite interesting because it's you know if the whole point of it is is to get more female participation, get more people racing, more girls racing. Um, and and spreading out throughout the ecosystem, does success for the W series come when it it is no longer needed?
3: I would say that's probably correct. Um, I would have thought you know if you've got a higher percentage or a big, a much higher percentage of females racing with bums on seats, um, mechanicking, engineering in the paddock, you know, and and they have the confidence to to step forward and and to race, then yeah, I would say that. You know, I'm not sure what
0: Catherine's answer was. yeah um, um, I'm sure that. I think she dodged it. I think, think, think she dodged that one. No, I, th- I think she agreed. I yeah. think I
3: think because because
1: ultimately, you know, what the ambitions for the championship are exactly that, aren't they? Are to encourage, are to get current racers more opportunities right now, but then that to trickle through, isn't it, to, yeah. to grassroots, and, and that's where you know. So those girls who are who are interested in, in karting or slightly interested in racing. I remember, I think we chatted to, to Nikki Shields about this as well. And, you know, she said so often that she got to the age of 12 or whatever. And that's when a lot of her friends at school or whatever weren't, weren't interested at all in racing. And she was the only one. But because none of her friends were, she no longer kind of pursued that avenue. And so this is almost like, well, if if suddenly you know there's a grid full of female races who are then going off to, you know, whether that's working in Formula One or whether that's working in sports cars or, or touring cars or whatever it might be, suddenly there's a whole load of ambassadors and people to look up to that then mm. can carry those those girls who are interested in karting and racing from a young age to push through that that seeming barrier when they stop pursuing it. I think that's I think that's right.
3: Yeah, no, I I, I agree. And I think yeah, women's sport is is in a good place now. Um, uh, whether it's motorsport, um, football, cricket, you know, it's, it's heading in the right direction. It still needs you know, a lot of work, um, but it's certainly heading in the right direction. I think as I say to to some of my youngsters like Ella Stevens and Abby Pulling, I say, You guys are you you're young and you know you're in the right time to be a female sort of racing in 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 this sport. So uh, you know, make the most of it. I say to them.
1: So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how how was that first year for you in W Series then? Driving the car, what was it? What were the highlights? What were the lowlights?
3: Um, was obviously the the lows. We'll start with them, getting them out of the way first. Was um, you know the middle of the season. We, there was obviously that um, incident in Misano, which probably created the best photo I would personally say of 2019. <laughs> um, and then we had some trouble at Norris Ring with you know um, I got taken out of free practice. Um, we had a gearbox failure in in qualifying after one lap and then the fuel pump went in the race. So those were sort of the, the, the real lows and they were the tough ones. Um, but obviously the highs was that first race at Hockenheim, you know, really showed the hard work from Catherine, Sean and the rest of the team to, to be back out and actually having that feeling of of lining up on a starting grid again, you know, going four revs, getting the car off the line, racing wheel to wheel that was a huge highlight. And then also the Brands Hatch race uh, at the end of the year, um, winning in front of a, a home crowd. It was super special, but also having um, seen loads of young girls there as well. who we were super keen to, to get into motorsport now from, from seeing all of us race.
0: And those young girls that, that you mentioned there, you know, when I was at Brands for that race and there was loads of young kids, boys and girls, but um, you know, more girls than you would usually see at a race track. Um, those girls are looking up to the likes of you and Jamie and um, Emma and others inspiring them to go and become racing drivers and that those sort of 5 6 year olds I suppose are the ones that go on will go on to potentially formula 1 another you know top top series Do, have you thought through the sort of timelines as to when you think we'll see not just a you know, development driver or reserve driver from uh, from W Series or elsewhere that's female. But when do you think we'll see the first full-blown female racing driver in Formula One?
3: I would love to say it would be in the next sort of five years because you've got so much so much talent, um, you know, on the W Series grids um, and coming up, you know, prior to, to W Series, girls that haven't quite reached W Series that are racing in, in F4, even in karting. And there's some, some young girls doing amazing things in karting at the moment. Um, so obviously for those in karting, it's going to take a little bit longer. But I think the real push for it and the real drive of female talent emerging, I would like to say within the next five years, we'll, we'll be able to see a female racing in Formula One.
0: Yeah. Wouldn't I, that be amazing? It would. I, I really hope so. And while while we're on W Series, let, let's keep talking about it because as we record today, which... What's the date today, Harry? It's the 8th of September. Eighth, the 8th. 8th of September. So we we have, what, two races left, um, the States and Mexico. I don't want to give it the kiss of death or anything, but it's looking quite <laughs> good, isn't it? So you've got yourself, Jamie, and Emma and up there. Um, Your top, I don't want to, you know... Commentators curse and all that—that that Harry's very familiar with these days. It's looking good, though, and it? it's looking good.
3: Yeah, it's—I um, don't think wcs because really ask for a more um, closer sort of showdown over the pond. Can they really? It's uh, yeah, tied on points. I'm leading um, because I've had more wins than uh, than James. Someone actually pointed out to me. They said, "You know what? If the W, if the season was the same length as it was in 2019, you would have won." Oh, I yeah. Was like, really hope that is not a
1: <laughs> Oh, no. Who was that person? Said, oh, no, That's not what you want
3: no, to hear. No, <laughs> I said, oh, my days. Don't tell me that. So, yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to to the fight over in, in the States and Mexico. I think it's literally going to go, I would like to say, down to the one. And, and I hope it is a close fight because, you know, I'm looking forward to the stress and the pressure. Because yeah. I think,
0: you know, I, I enjoy those sort of situations. Yeah. And and I think it's fair to say, and this might not be a popular thing to say because I know that some of your colleagues listen to this podcast, but I think it's there's the right three or four people at the top of the championship. It You know, that there, there's, there's a lot of good drivers in there. We've had the likes of Abby on here, and she's a fantastic driver and is relatively new to the W Series and still perhaps finding her feet slightly. But I think between yourself... Jamie, Emma Kimmelainen, who we're big fans of. We love a straight-talking Finn. Um, It's the right people at the top of the championship. Um, And while there is a lot of talent throughout that grid, it feels like you guys might just be a step above. Um, And it's fantastic to see you battling away. Um, So we wish you all the best. For the rest of this season, and I hope that this podcast ages well, and that by the time we get to Mexico, that uh, that you've uh, you found yourself top of the tree. Um, but what does the future hold? I mean, if you if you win the championship this year, um, is the, what are the rules? Are you, are you allowed to do it again? Uh, do you have to leave? What what comes next?
3: So, so basically, it's if um, I don't want to take the super license points, um, I believe. From what I understand that I can do the series again next year, ah. uh, but if I want to take super license points, um, then I can't do the series again next year. So I've been asked this question so many times: What are you going to do if you win? And I answer with simply: I have no idea.
0: <laughs> I have well, no idea so, what I'm going to do. So if you, um, so if you win, it, or whoever wins, because I don't want to, I don't want to keep banging that that drum. So whoever wins gets tw- twenty. Is it twenty five super license points? Have I got that right? so uh, yeah I should know I think that's correct Harry will know this will test your knowledge how many do you need to get into F1 do we know
1: uh, you need to accumulate them, don't you, over over various series? I've got no idea how many actual you need to get into Formula One. I mean, or to, ha- or to actually do a test, you need to also complete the hundred kilometer yeah. test, don't you, as well? So, um,
0: so I'm just, I guess, w- where I'm going is, I, I'm curious to know if there is this little thing in the back of your head that thinks, okay, if I get those super license points, it's a little bit of a tease, you know? Formula One, that's those points are there to get to Formula One. Will you take them?
3: You know, to be honest, I'd still love the opportunity to get to Formula One. I know that people bang on, well, are you getting knocking on a bit now, oh. getting to 28. Um, you know, but there's, if there's any opportunity still to to even test, get a free practice test or something along that, because you, you know, you need super license points for that, then yeah, I would jump at the opportunity. So, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, if I don't take them, then. Something's going to come along, isn't it? And they're going to say, "Well, why didn't you should have taken your super license? Twenty-five super license points are a lot." So,
1: I've I've got I've got the answer for you. You need to have accumulated at least
3: forty points. Forty points.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. Not quite. You're halfway there if if you get it. It's forty points over the previous three seasons in any combination of championships reported in Supplement One of the regulations, Hmm. which includes things like Formula Two, IndyCar. Formula Three, Formula E. Um, I don't know if w, well, w series must be on there. Where is that? There it is. W series. Yeah, that's in there as well. Yeah, interesting. F three so, yeah, Asia as well, I think. Yeah, there's an F three Asia, Super yeah. DT, DTM will get it as well. It really Formula
0: Regional. It really dangles a carrot there, doesn't it? It's quite clever because you sort of think if I get those points, ah, like I'm over halfway there, and just a, you know a few more good results over the next two years, and and I'm in potentially. Exactly. So, yeah. Who well,
3: you knows? I'll have to make that decision. We'll see what happens. I need to bloody win it first.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing, yeah. Bring it home and then and then make your mind up after that. But, I mean, I mentioned Formula E there just briefly. Obviously, you, you've got a, an increasing role in that with the Envision Virgin Racing team as well, and you've done a few rookie tests with them and, and throughout the series. So, how are you finding that the Formula E life must be something very different to you? I, you know, I absolutely
3: love Formula E. I love the, the racing, you know, the whole concept of it, um, everything that Formula E are doing to, to, to make things greener. Um, I'm a huge Formula E fan. So to have the opportunity to race uh, and, uh, sorry, test back at the start of 2020, was incredible. And then to have the opportunity to, to, to be part properly of, of the Envision Virgin racing team and, you know, do, do a lot of their work on, on the sim and development stuff. Was great, so I'm really enjoying, um, you know, being part of the team, and I've have had have the opportunity to go to to London E Prix um, this this year, which was a great event. And yeah, Formula E is definitely one of my options. Um, I've, you know, I know I think I'm keeping literally every option open, maybe yeah. excluding riding a motorbike. Mm-hmm. I think I would Ooh. cause myself a serious injury if I swapped from four to to two. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, keep my
0: options open. Now, you've obviously taken on this role with EVR based over at Silverstone, a great facility there. Very impressive sim room, which I've been in, actually. Um, and uh, you must spend an awful lot of time in that room. Tell us a little bit about your role, what, what, your, what your purpose is with the team and how that, how the, the I guess, the data or the, the, um, the knowledge that you gain out of that simulator is transferred to a race weekend.
3: So we do lots of different runs prior to, to the race weekend. So, you know, we'll do race runs, uh, qualifying simulation runs, um, full course yellow, lots of different sort of data collection runs um, to, to help uh, the team when they they go to that track. So, you know, for for, for me, it's uh, a great role and, and something I, I'm really enjoying doing.
1: Well, while the Wi-Fi is still with us, Alice, um, because we, we don't want to keep you too much longer. But, I mean, your career already is... is it- incredibly impressive especially with you know with the opportunities not always being there and hard for and and not to mention the money side of things what advice do you give to to the young racers you you coach now you know coming up through the ranks what do you say to them that you wish you know you'd been told
3: I just think it's it's a lot of it is preparation so when I was was a lot younger I could have done my preparation a a lot better so yeah the couple of drivers that I help and so there's a lot of preparation that, that goes in uh, prior to the race weekends, especially when you move into cars, there's a lot to, to do and to deal with. So really making them aware of that and helping with their preparation. And as I've said, there's a long, long process and a lot of it starts, a lot of the hard work needs to be done before you arrive to the track. So you're ready and prepared to go.
0: Now, um, you're clearly a very quick racing driver. Um, you're helping others come through the system. What are you crap at, though? Like, what, what are you? What would your fiance, for example, say that you're completely useless at? Cooking. Mm. <laughs> uh,
3: no. Right, so he does all the cooking. Well, I haven't been at home, so I haven't even had the opportunity to cook for a long time. But if he's watching me cooking spaghetti bolognese, which you know it's easy to do, I still apparently do that wrong out of the out of the jar. The Milo out of the jar is a big no-no for him. He cooks it all from fresh. So cooking is not. I'm not very good at. Don't invite me to... I'm never
1: going on come diamond me, basically. Put it that way. <laughs> oh, oh, What a shame. Well, you know what? Nothing wrong with a bit of bolognese if you can get it out of the jar. Um, <laughs> now, let's... I'm going to fast forward it, Tim, uh, due to uh, Cotswold's Wi-Fi. Uh, and, <laughs> and the final three uh, to you, Alice, which is brought to you by F1 Experiences. Um, do you want to kick off with the first one, Tim? or do you want me Sure, to?
0: yeah. Um, Alice Powell, what has got you excited at this very moment? being on this podcast. Yay! Yay.
1: Someone said it at last. He's listened to the other ones, that's why. (laughs) There we go. Excellent answer. What are you scared of?
3: Spiders. I hate spiders. And I had an incident with a spider um, (laughs) last night and I swear it dodged my flying
0: all my race kit is, oh we lost so. you again we lost, we lost, we lost you <laughs> mid, lost mid, mid spider again. yeah yeah go on harry tear yeah. up again
1: i'll just say um what are you scared of
3: spiders i hate spiders <laughs> can't deal with spiders An incident with one last night that definitely dodged my shoe <laughs> somehow and ran straight back under the cupboard where all my race kit is and is probably laying Spider babies all in my Oh,
0: gross. I'd burn that and buy a new race kit I think that's <laughs> the only way
1: forward from that only way forward
0: uh, <laughs> our, our, uh, our final question um, for you what is your favourite racing destination on the W Series calendar? well oh,
3: that's a good one um, the British Grand Prix was super special um, oh man
1: the atmosphere, at, the atmosphere at Zandvoort looked yeah. insane. The
3: atmosphere at Zandvoort was incredible. It was super cool, but the atmosphere at Silverstone and being a British driver was really cool. So, if I've got to pick one of them, I would have to pick the British Grand Prix because you know, it's the British Grand Prix, home event, patriotism yeah. at
0: work. That's Lovely. what we like. Well, it, but if you, you you've obviously got Circuit of the Americas coming up, I don't know whether you've been there before. That is a, oh. a, a wicked race and the after party on Sunday night is amazing make sure you go to the blind pig and you you have to get blind drunk it's sort of part it's the rules really Um, that that is a fantastic fantastic race circuit
3: I'll either be getting blind drunk celebrating or blind drunk crying Oh, oh.
0: not the (laughs) championship no, we, we, we're keeping the faith. We'll see how this ages, but we're, we've we got you. We, you've got this. You've got this. Got it. Got it. I'm looking forward to it. Well, listen, um, Alice Powell, um, thank you so much for joining us over the course of the last uh, 40 minutes or so. Um, we really appreciate your time. Good luck for the rest of this season. Um, really hope it's successful for you and you get those super license points and we see you progressing up and through the ranks further and further. And hopefully we'll see you at a paddock soon.
1: Before you go, one final reminder to check out F1 Experiences, the official experience, hospitality, and travel program of Formula One. F1 Experiences is the closest you can get to the sport. Official ticket packages, which include the best race tickets, first-class hotels, travel, and exclusive behind-the-scenes access across a Grand Prix weekend, F1 Experiences offer packages like no other. So to book your F1 Experiences package, head online to F1Experiences.com And if you enter code MOTORMOUTH, you'll get 5% off too. Thank you so much for listening to the MOTORMOUTH podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials, Twitter at MOTORMOUTH underscore, Instagram at MOTORMOUTH underscore official, and Facebook, just search MOTORMOUTH. You can also download the MOTORMOUTH app where you can get exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social profile to interact with other fans, and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. We're also proud to be supporting the Brain Tumor Charity too. So make sure you check the links in the podcast description to find out how you can help cure brain tumours quicker. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review. And until next time, you've been listening to the Motor Mouth Podcast.